Hello and welcome to the first Sheffield Digital podcast. I'm Ian Broom, Community Manager for Sheffield Digital. I'm joined by Chris Diamond and Mel Kanarek, Directors of Sheffield, Dig- Sheffield Digital. And um, we're here in uh, the office of Bertrand Howden, who very kindly let us use their place to record this. Um, the first part of this podcast is going to be about the podcast itself. It's going to be extremely meta for a little while. <laughs> But we think it's worth uh, giving you an introduction to the show and what we want to achieve and um, and and kind of uh, what we're going to do going forward. Yeah, we like meta. Indeed. Yeah. Very meta. <laughs> and it's a slight plug for myself straight away. Oh, God, yeah. This is, uh, I'm going to charge you for that. This is uh, officially my first plug. It took about a minute. Um, yeah, so uh, who's going to kick us off? What, why are we doing this? Well, because it was your idea to start off with, but actually it's something we've been talking about wanting to do for a while. Long time. The main reason is that there is so much stuff going on all the time. Uh, Chris and I are in meetings and having conversations and finding out about things that are going on, and we never have the time to write them all up into blog posts and publish them. And we thought, well, having a podcast and just talking about this is who I've been meeting and these are the things that we've been finding out would be a good way to help everybody catch up really quickly. So that's the idea. Whether it'll take us three hours mm. to do, I don't know. <laughs> Who knows? I mean, I think I've already said to you guys, I mean, I've obviously followed Sheffield Digital and been part of the Slack group for uh, years, in fact. Um, and Is it really that long? It's really that long. <laughs> and and I've, I've been able to see how um, you promote and connect the, the two kind of... Uh, two of the three things that you do, but it's the represent side of things, which I've seen much more of since I've been doing this role. Um, and I think hopefully the podcast will be a way of, as you say, showing what you're di- what you're doing and who you're speaking to, and kind of the results of those meetings. Yeah, I think there's, there's there's a lot that we you know we we, we can't put it down in writing because it's not necessarily official or. You know, there's there's not very much that we can say about it, so it doesn't warrant a, a blog post. And publishing things in words is kind of, you know, there's a different barrier, but we can kind of talk about them. Obviously, this is, you know, this is public as well, um, uh, but it's maybe a bit easier to talk about some of the things or, or some of the possibilities and couch what we say a little bit. So I think it lends itself to that. I, I also think, um, you know, we can we can have people on. Uh, we can we can go um, and record the podcast in different places, or bring uh, bring other people here that we want to talk to or want to talk to us. We can connect to people over Skype or hang out potentially, you know, and just get more voices heard. Um, yeah. Rather than expecting people to do guest blog posts, which you know happens occasionally, but you know, for all of the stuff that's going on, we relatively infrequently get people writing guest blog posts f- for us, um, and we'd like more of that as well. Yeah, I mean, ultimately, we this this podcast is about sharing what Sheffield Digital does and what's happening in the city, showcasing other people's work. Um, but we're we're pretty flexible, aren't we? It's, it's it can be it's for the community, so we're happy for any ideas and suggestions. We've talked about maybe um, uh, doing these uh, episodes in different companies, so going to companies actually, to their premises and recording there. Obviously, while we're there, we can have hopefully have uh, guests on the show to talk about their work. Um, so we are, we're very open to ideas. The, w- the way to share those ideas is um, uh, what you can get in touch, email, all the usual ways, Twitter, etc. But we've got a channel for it on the Slack community as well, which is um, uh, just podcast. Um, and you can subscribe. So very important, obviously, to subscribe to the podcast. Um, we're going to have a page up, sheffield.digital slash podcast, where there'll be information there. But obviously you can search for it in iTunes and whichever app takes your fancy to uh, subscribe to. And just on the point about interviewing other people, um, Neil Birchinall from Birchinall Howden is going to be talking a bit later about um, their move to China or the move to Apt, which is their mobile and web development company, um, to move to China, which we've already recorded, but it's going to appear later in the podcast. Like magic. So the first thing we're going to uh, cover is the Tech North Summer Showcase, which uh, took place last week, as we speak now. Uh, the week before, wasn't two it? I was on holiday last week. Yeah, two yeah. Weeks, yeah. Time flies. Yep. <laughs> um, so, Chris, as you were the person who spoke at the event on behalf of Sheffield Digital, maybe you could tell us, I guess, first of all, uh, why the event took place in Sheffield. That's kind of the the importance of that and the relevance of that, and um, and what you. Did. Yeah, well, I think I think Mel knows more about that than I do. It was Kane, wasn't it? Who and you yes. know, we kind of we kind of kicked Tech North a little bit to get them to come here and do it here because there was a need for it. Yeah, so 
Tech North decided they were going to visit a few cities and give an update on what they were doing and what their plans were for their next programme of activity. And they weren't going to come to Sheffield. And Kane, who is the community manager who works with us here in Sheffield, mentioned that to me and said he thought that was a bit off. And I said I agreed and that we would really like them to come. So Kane and I, between us, sort of cooked it up to uh, persuade Richard Gregory, the boss man at Tech North, to come and do the showcase down here. Mm. And it turns out that Sheffield was the best attended of all the showcases across the North. So go Sheffield. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think it was over 70 people turned up, which was fantastic. Um, but it was also an opportunity for us um, to talk about what we've done for the last six months and how we're changing a bit and, and what we're doing going forward. So... Um, so yeah, there was. I mean, it was it was great. The I'm sure in workstation are great as well because they they laid the venue on and they provided um, drinks and food for everyone. Um, as I say, there was like 70 people there, and so I I went on first after Kane's introductions and spoke about what we're doing, um, and then Richard Gregory um, talked about Tech North and what they've been doing recently and what they're doing in the imminent future, and talked through some of their programs. Um, and then there was a kind of a panel discussion between Kane and uh, guys uh, guys from the Flow, uh, from Team Cooper and Wandisco, yeah. uh, which is really interesting. Um, and then everyone stood around chatting and drinking and e- eating, and it was a really good event. Um, a really good event. Um, so, one of the things, I, so you, you spoke for about 30 minutes, we're going to have a... Yeah, uh, yeah. I don't necessarily want to recap on everything I spoke about for the 30 that, minutes. That wasn't necessarily a criticism, it was a, <laughs> an observation. Yeah. Um, but one of the things you did was kind of recap on, um, obviously, how things are going in the city, which we'll cover lots of in the coming episodes, hopefully. But you also talked about yeah. what next for Sheffield Digital, it's digital itself. It's so hard to say Sheffield Digital. Um <laughs> I wonder if it was worth covering just very briefly that now as we are in this very first meta episode of uh, of the show. Yeah, so the, you mean the transition from, you know, kind well, of the startup phase into as we Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And also and also obviously people who are, might be listening for the first time who don't really know who Sheffield Digital are, someone could be anywhere in the ether find, <laughs> finding this. So it might be just a, a small introduction to Sheffield Digital itself as well. Go on, okay. Mark. Go on, Mel. Uh, <laughs> she normally does that. I, every time we do joint meetings, we do this kind of thing, and she's much better at it than I am. Uh, so the reason that Sheffield Digital exists is that for a long time, a bunch of us working in the sector were feeling frustrated that there wasn't a way to bring everybody together, that the sector was disconnected, people didn't know what was going on, people found it hard to get access to resources or to find people to collaborate with. And the policymakers in and around the city and the universities and the other educators weren't really listening to what the digital industries needed in order to be able to grow. And a bunch of us have been to many, many frustrating meetings where we were waiting for somebody else to do something. We realised it was never going to happen. And so the five of us who were the directors were stood in the corner of one of these meetings, feeling frustrated and just said, no one else is going to do it, let's do it ourselves. Uh, and Sheffield Digital was born. So the idea for Sheffield Digital came up about three years ago. We were um, set up as a company limited by guarantee two years ago, which means that any money that we make goes back into running the organisation. We don't pay shareholders or anything like that. And, um, yeah, I, I mean, I'm really proud of what we've achieved so far. We've got a really thriving community. There's nearly 700 people involved on the Slack channel. Uh, we've got thousands of followers on Twitter and people following us on Facebook and LinkedIn. But most importantly now, when I say, hey, I'm from Sheffield Digital, people always say to me, we've heard of you, you're everywhere, which is exactly what we wanted to achieve. And what we're really starting to see now is that the policymakers and the educators are really listening now. They're starting to understand what digital has to offer to the city, what digital technology is really all about, and also what we need as a sector in order to continue to grow. Um, and I could start waxing lyrical about Sheffield and why I think it's such a great place, but I'll probably save that for another podcast. <laughs> so do you want to talk yeah. more about 
kind of the the transition from startup to whatever the next stage is yeah so um so a lot of this is about business model you know how, how do we how do we make the organization sustainable and keep doing what we're doing and the the intention was always to transition so it, originally we asked uh, a number of founder organizations to give us some seed money to set to set the the, the organization up um and to build a website and and all the tools around it um and we've done quite a bit to integrate that stuff. So, you know, the events calendar takes three different feeds from, from various other calendars and integrates them into a single one. So you can get a you know, good view of all of, of the events that are going on around tech in the city. And there's the map and there's the there's Slack and there's the jobs board. And, you know, there's, there's quite a lot of work has been done to, to build these systems. Um, and... Uh, but that, that's, so that, that's what we... And, and to build a reputation and to, and to you know everything else that we kind of did for the first 18 months or so. Um, and then the anticipation was that we would, we would um, you know, move towards a, a membership model. So companies and individuals would believe in what we were doing uh, and, we'd, and would um, be willing to pay us to be members. Um, but also we didn't want to be a club. We didn't, you know, we, the, I guess the kind of the, one of the founding principle is that we want to bridge the gap between the gra- the grassroots and um, and the the um, powers that be, if you like, the institutions, the economic development um, organisations in in Sheffield and the region, um, and we wanted to represent businesses. That it was that we were, you know, our constituency is the, is the tech companies and the people that work in them. So we want we want to legitimately represent people, um, but we also need to build the whole community. So we're not like a chamber of commerce where you know you you pay a membership and you get exclusive access to X, Y, and Z. We're not that. We're a, we're a, a, a business oriented community organisation that relies on people's goodwill and memberships to keep running and and do the things we do for the for the overall good of the sector. Um, so that that's I think that's. You know, we can't get that across enough. That's really how we operate. Um, and yeah, we, we want to provide benefits to members and provide some, you know, some additional um, value to members. Um, it's it's kind of difficult to do to do that because we we are focused on on everyone and the the whole sector as much as we can be, um, and we have quite limited time to do this stuff. Both Mel and I have got you know our own businesses and and our day jobs and and so at the end of the um which we kind of put on hold while we were starting up um and now we're kind of you know we're, we're sharing our time increasingly with with our, our other businesses um and we brought you on ian as our as our community manager to take over the workload of you know keeping everything running smoothly and engaging and and writing posts and doing things like this and you know all the things that we kind of set up initially um you're carrying on and the membership um you know contributions we get from our individual and company members um exclusively go towards paying you month by month to do the things that you're now doing which we find is great that we know how long i have to do um but then on top of that, we're also um, working on establishing strategic relationships um, with, with institutions and, and organisations um, in the city and outside um, to, to bring about additional value. So we've done a number of, of small projects over the last six months or so. Um, and, you know, in some cases, that's, that's helping with the, with the, you know, data gathering and, and analysis um, for the, the digital snapshot, snapshot report that was produced by um, Sheffield University and Creative Sheffield. Um, we've been working with Sheffield Hallam on um, consultations around the NXP building and what they could do with it. Um, we've also worked with them on their degree apprenticeship schemes, um, and, and they're, they're, we're working with the AMRC on a on uh, you know event series and engagement and series uh, between the digital tech sector and uh, advanced manufacturing. Um, so there are these strategic relationships and, and pieces of, of, you know, targeted, important work that we can get involved in. And we set those up and we, um, you know, we do those on, on behalf of Sheffield Digital. And so, so our time um, is increasingly taken up with doing that and leaving the day-to-day running and the the fundamental. So, so yeah, I, I guess you could say the the promote and connect 
portions of our mission um, are taken care of by the membership um, contributions and, and the work that you do, Ian. Um, and the represent part of it is increasingly taken up with these sort of strategic targeted interventions that we engage with with other partners. Um, and that pays us some money, but you know, by no means enough for us to be doing this full time, which I guess would ultimately be our goal. So as we, we want a sustainable, we want Sheffield Digital to be sustainable and membership covers that and sponsorship um, and then, you know, any additionality we can get on top of that um, that will that will allow us to spend time doing things that we can see are needed and bring the right partners in to do. That's, that's what we do on top. And so that was a that was a lot of that was from similar to the talk that you did at, at Tech North Summer Showcase. Yeah. So how how did how did that go down? Did, was there a sense that people kind of knew all of that kind of thing, or was it did it feel like it was a, a new audience and? Um, that Tech North were able to bring? No, it was quite interesting, actually. Uh, there, there was, I mean, there's a lot of people there that I, that I knew, obviously, um, but there was a lot of people that I didn't. Um, and a lot of people spoke to me afterwards. It was, it was great to see people from companies that we know, but not individuals that we know. So there was uh, people who come down from the AMRC, there was people there from Wandisco that I hadn't, hadn't met before. Um, and there was a, yeah, there was a real, gen, gen, real feel, on, on social media as well as there in the room, there was a real kind of appreciation for what we do. And I think people really got it. And we, we saw, you know, membership, you know, increase in the days afterwards. And I know, actually, you know, there's people that I spoke to at the event two weeks ago um, uh, signed up just today, actually, as members as well. So, so yeah, I think people get it. Um, I, we, we can't, you know, we can't say it enough. And we're going we're gonna to bore people to tears saying it. Um, <laughs> But yeah, I think you're right. That there's a there's there's a lot going on and a lot of conversations we have over over email and in person about things that are going on in the city, um, and also how how Sheffield's profile is is rising because as you know, sort of three years into this, really, um, we can we, we're starting to see how Sheffield is Sheffield's reputation is is starting to catch on, and we're getting sort of feedback from other places about about Sheffield. Um, I just as, as an example, I was I was reading the Sheffield Sheffield Urban Institute, uh, Sheffield University. They're a group that study urban um, technology, smart city um, experiments and, and and projects. And they've got a they've got an academic program that they're just starting up with. I think it's eight eight European cities, including Sheffield, um, Berlin, and Hamburg, Barcelona, you know, major European cities. Um, and they're they're looking at how. Um, urban technology experimentation is developing in each of those cities and they, they wrote um, an article about it um, like a couple of weeks ago, maybe three weeks ago um, and listing all of the stuff that is going on in Sheffield um, so things like the, the digital snapshot report um, but also the fact that we were, we, we were ranked 10th um, smartest city in the Huawei Smart City Index um, last year, so we're one of the challenger cities that is sort of challenging the, the, you know, the the well-known smart cities like like Bristol, um, and this really counts for stuff. I mean, the, the, you know, the, and you know, we've had quite a hand in doing some of these things, um, so it's it's nice to be recognised for it, but it's even nicer to see Sheffield's reputation increasing um, nationally and internationally. Yeah. So one of the drivers for creating Sheffield Digital was people saying nobody shouts about the digital side of Sheffield nobody well nobody shouts about the city generally and quite often the only message that seems to go out is one about an old industry manufacturing even though now that's advanced advanced manufacturing and of course that is almost entirely digital strangely enough Um, so I think by providing a focal point by being a place that collects the stories, that speaks on behalf of the companies, um, that just makes a bit of noise online and, and at events about Sheffield and about what's happening here, we've helped create some of that momentum that's starting to raise the city's profile. Um, if we were a big organisation with full-time staff, then we could have someone whose job that would be, and that would be really amazing, but I think that's a long way off. But in the meantime, we can all do something about that. We can all think about how we talk about the wider Sheffield digital scene when we talk about our own businesses. And by talking about 
that by saying, oh, and we belong to Sheffield Digital, which is the organisation for the industries in Sheffield, that helps to say, you know, there's more more to us than meets the eye and there's a place that you can go online to check out everything that's going on. So we're going to talk to Neil about uh, what it's been like taking Apt over to China. Indeed. So, so Neil. So yeah, <laughs> great. Okay, so yeah, I'll, I'll jump. I'll jump straight in. So Apt is a uh, software company. Uh, so we are a software company. We make apps and, and web apps, and occasionally websites. Mostly, well, pre- predominantly and historically, always in the UK. Now, through through an opportunity that presented, really due to an amazing developer that we got to know, who's been working for us for the last few years in the UK while she was studying at Sheffield University. Uh, she was from China. Her name is Joy, and her time in the UK was coming to an end, and we didn't want to kind of lose out on uh, a great developer that we'd been working with and getting to know for years. So we explored dif- different options and ways that we could continue to work with Joy. Um, even though she was back in China. One thing led to another, and what started off as a, you know, should we set up something small, has now turned into something quite a bit bigger than we all we all initially maybe set out to do. Um, and we formed a joint venture in China, in the province of Yunnan, in the capital city called Kunming. And it's a 50-50 joint venture between APT UK and essentially Joy, and, uh, who's our kind of now was our employee developer and is now our business partner, managing director of Apt China. So the, the legal entity is a joint venture, and the 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 plan, the the remit for the for the company, is now no longer just how can we kind of keep working with Joy, but actually we've now started to hire developers over there on the back of the demand that we've seen, particularly what we thought was going to be for British organizations, but mostly British uh, companies and, and lots that we kind of know in, in the region that want to have a digital presence in China, but have found that to be extremely difficult. Everything with regards to the internet works very differently in China. So we have to kind of help ways, find ways to try and help people to be able to have a digital presence in China whilst working within the within the laws and, and the cultural changes and things that they have there. So, yeah, so that that's primarily what we'll be doing. So if you take an, uh, uh, an existing customer of us in the UK, and we're building them a completely completely bespoke new website that will be hosted in China. It'll be on their own um, kind of Chinese uh, domain name, so they'll have their own .cn domain name, and they will uh, be able to yeah kind of have everything that'll be hosted there. Things can be very slow um, with regards to kind of uh, accessing things across uh, the kind of from China to the West. So yeah. is is that how things have panned out or? Is your have you found your market to be slightly different now that you're over there? Yeah. So yeah, good good segue. So that was that was definitely the definitely how we kind of launched things, um, and we we kind of put out a few feelers to some of our existing clients and to some people that we knew that wanted to work in China. Now since then, we've had an increasing amount of interest from within China actually wanting to market themselves. Uh, to, to a Western audience. And again, the same types of challenges apply. And we, we've always said, we always said from the start that we wanted it to be 50-50. But that seemed potentially ambitious that we thought that it was actually going to be difficult to try and get enough business from within China that it was actually going to become something that was quite, you know, kind of Western focused, building websites for Western clients inside China. And actually now it's looking like it it will be either 50-50 or potentially even swayed in the other direction. And we'll actually be doing more work in China for helping Chinese organizations and companies to be able to present themselves to a Western audience. Um, There are different, it's everything is kind of different design cues, you know, kind of what looks good to a Western audience does not necessarily look good to a Chinese audience and, and vice versa. So we look at a lot of Chinese websites and think they've got, you know, too much text on them, but actually these types, it's just, it's just yeah. style. Mm-hmm. So yeah. culture. Uh, Mel, have you got, I've got loads of questions, so I've I don't want to hog anything. Is, um, how easy has it been to hire developers in China? Um, yeah. So it's been, 
it's been fine so far. Um, so if you take a city, China is just huge. You know, it's just it's just mind-bogglingly huge. So you take a little city like Kunming, and I say little city in the context of China. So a little city like Kunming is the capital uh, city of one of the lesser-known provinces, which is the most southwesterly province. Um, and the the city has a population of around seven million. It's very well developed. We've got, you know, a, you know, it's got a, you know, a financial sector. It's got, you know, an Apple store. It's got twenty one Starbucks. It's got everything you could ever think of as kind of a, a developed, not Western, but it's because it's still very Chinese. Very, very few people speak English. Um, but it's got nineteen universities. So there's the city or the province. The city. So, which sounds like a lot, but then you think, well, how many universities are there in London? And this is a, a population of seven million people. So, actually, you know, and these are university large and small, but how many universities are there in London? Probably more than twenty. If you, well, if you include the colleges, yeah. Yeah. So it's um, yeah. So we've we've initially not had had any difficulty, and we're 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 something different, you know. So from that point of view, attracting talent isn't difficult because people want to work for something that might be a little bit different we offer a bit of a different edge um, but then we have another challenge because we do need good english skills to be able to coordinate and work with the team over here in the uk so that in itself though often if you are someone who lives in in kunming and yunnan and you have development skills and also speak you know reasonable english then then actually you want to use that you know, you want to be able to use that skill. It's not, it's not like traveling around, you know, Western Europe, where even if you're in another country, you can you can be fairly certain that you're going to be able to find uh, someone who speaks English relatively easy in most circumstances. It's not like that. Um, and this is this is not kind of you know Beijing Shanghai type of areas. This is you know it's a the high speed train from Kunming to Shanghai, and this is a high speed high-speed rail and that's opened in the last few months and that's still an 11-hour train journey but going but you know kind of bang across the whole country so would you recommend the experience to others yes i think china felt very obviously it felt foreign is the kind of obvious phrase but it was it felt unknown i would it felt somewhat i guess in hindsight probably felt dangerous and now totally doesn't you know, kind of spending time there, getting to know how things work um, has been far easier and far more welcoming and comforting and just even just kind of meeting people and figuring out how the communities and the systems and things work. Um, And the, you know, we were warned off for all sorts of different reasons of why it wasn't a good idea um, from, you know, the amount of capital that would be required to set up the company to the legal formation to all these types of things. But I think one thing that is if we'd set up a wholly owned foreign enterprise, um, which is the other kind of legal entity that a lot of people go for, you have a whole lot more to deal with, just mm-hmm. uh, understandably so. Mm-hmm. Uh, doing a joint venture with a Chinese national is, I would say, the only, re- in my opinion, it was, it's the only way I've done it. Um, and it's, but it wasn't as painful as you might have expected. No, no, not even remotely. Yeah. Um, but I think that is largely because we've got joy. And so, we, you know, to, I can't imagine how we could have done it without joy there and without a, a, a kind of a, a Chinese business partner that you trust. Um, so, uh, yeah. But um, here on this side, I mean, it's been John and Anna who've been kind of pushing it forward. I've been fortunate enough to go on both of our trips over there to kind of um, kind of meet the... Uh, you know everything from local politicians to local business networking groups to to everything um first on a uk trade mission and then secondly for our opening ceremony um and yeah no it's been amazing but it feels it's safe it's comfortable i'd recommend it to anyone i'd recommend it for holidays you know it's just kind of it's brilliant it's and it's just so much easier and less i don't know it's not intimidating at all once you just Mm -hmm. get there What's the um, what's the office like? Where's Apt situated in the city? Is it modern or is it in an old part? Or yeah, so it's in a, it's in a modern. I would say the I don't know, the building's probably built in I don't know the eighties, if I'd guess. Um, and it's it is in it's in a high tech. You know, it's so we have in the same way that we have things like the the enterprise 
zones and things in the UK. It's a similar type of a, um, a kind of a, there are special tax benefits to starting up a tech company in this zone. So it is the high tech zone um, where there are for different types of people and different qualifications and so on and so forth then you can get discounted office space you know reductions in business rates all these so there are all these types of incentives to go and start a business in this area but it also means that um, I mean the the guys uh, who are in the across the hall from us you um you kind of you know they've got the door open and you look in and they've just got drones you know massive kind of big like home not homemade obviously they're not homemade these are guys who are building and and developing drone improvements and technologies for i i don't i don't know i tried to have a conversation with them but it didn't get very far but i was really interested in what they're doing and they're obviously you know very skilled and they've got these types of you know probably about you know meter diameter uh, drones they're they're building and they've got you know the propellers and the motors and the control units and all the config and so yeah so there's a company who's doing something with drones across the, across the hall from us um, other tech companies other software companies in the building um, and yeah no so we're kind of starting to get to mm-hmm. know more people um, and and build partnerships um, so we've got on really well with an, another marketing company out there who don't have a uh, development resource so we can then offer that both for um from all angles so yeah awesome thanks neil um there's there's something coming up isn't there isn't there a series of events coming up that, oh yes um, of course it's um sheffield. invest sheffield yeah so they're doing a, a series of events on how to get into china uh, you know how to build relationships with china are you speaking at that at all are you aware of it <laughs> no, Do you know I, anything about it or? aware of it not speaking at it to the best of my knowledge um though i did speak on something similar to that in liverpool a few right. months ago we've built really close links with liverpool as well um because liverpool have a the the kind of the in the same way that sheffield have the relationship with Chengdu, mm-hmm. uh, liverpool have the relationship with kunming so we've also been kind oh, of right, okay, linking so in a lot with the liverpool team right, as well you're feeding back through the the city twinning yeah exactly so we're kind of coming coming in so we've we've been able to use that relationship um to everyone's mutual benefit so it's been really good um so i I did speak in an event in liverpool a few months ago a few weeks ago um we're actually as it turned out either made a really really good connection with someone else someone that we met in uh in Liverpool, and then when I was over in Kunming a few weeks ago, then we went and visited them in their right. city. So yeah, yeah, it's good. But no, I think the main thing from from an App China point of view that we're interested in from the from the kind of the Chinese investment kind of events and things that are coming up is that we are the right digital partner for anything that is going to be crossing those boundaries. Mm-hmm. You know, so for any new venture that's going to be working both in in the West and in China in the East then we can we've got the systems in place and the mindset in place we've got chinese nationals and chinese speakers here in sheffield in the office just just over there um and then we've got both english and and chinese in china so yeah so i think it's from our point of view we're more interested in what comes out of that and how we can work with them yeah we've also got um hello moshi here in the city yes i don't know people are aware of it's the the biggest chinese language um, magazine for foreign students, yeah. for Chinese students studying over here. So they've got you know, thirty thousand subscribers or something yeah. across no, the country. Yeah, no, it's massive. So if companies here want to, you know, get information out to the Chinese student population in the UK, it's it's really easy to do for us in Sheffield because the magazine's based. In. Yeah, no, and they're great. We've we've spoken to them several times, and they're cool. a really really great bunch yeah, of guys. Cool, fantastic. Thanks, Neil. So you mentioned the the partnership with the AMRC uh, before. Mm-hmm. So it would be we've had a blog post about it on the website. It'd be great to find out more about the partnership, but I think also how it came about. How does a partnership with uh, someone like the AMRC happen? Okay, I'm trying to think. Where's the best place to start this story? So um, the idea of offering regional partnerships started. Um, through conversations with Tracy Johnson, who runs the Barnsley Digital Media Centre. So that's offering regional partnerships with Sheffield Digital? That's right, yeah. And she was looking for ways to bring the work that she does closer to Sheffield and bring some of the things that Sheffield Digital does to her community at the Media Centre in Barnsley. And 
a regional partnership felt like a good way to describe that because the Digital Media Centre is not a digital business and it's not a business selling services to other businesses. It's a, an ecosystem. It's a place where there are businesses and where there are things happening to support those businesses. So that was the first regional partnership agreement that we did. And as a result, we have done some events there. That was about November, wasn't it, last year? Or was it uh, earlier? Gosh, I can't remember. It wasn't that long ago, actually. It feels, feels like a long time ago, but then that's what life is like at the moment. Um, but yeah, so we, we took, um, we did some events for them. We uh, just generally made it possible for people working in digital in Barnsley to feel more connected to the digital community here in Sheffield. And it's my hope that we'll do some more things in the future. I mean, quite often these things are budget dependent. Anyway, that's what a regional partnership is. With the AMRC, the how did it come about? At one of the events in Barnsley, there were some people there from Autodesk who were here in Sheffield. And Autodesk had been doing work up at the AMRC around the use of um, 3D visualisation and VR in manufacturing. And the Autodesk people said, you need to meet the people up at the AMRC. And I said, that would be great. I've been trying to get to talk to them for ages. And as a result... For for, for those that don't know, what is the AMRC? Oh, sorry. Advanced Manufacturing Research Centre... Uh, so it's based up on the parkway and it's actually on both sides of the parkway now. So if you're driving out of Sheffield, out towards the motorway, on the right hand side, you'll see one of those big wind turbines. And that's the advanced manufacturing park where the original advanced manufacturing research centre is based and the nuclear AMRC catapult. and it's part of the catapult network. And there's also um, a building full of businesses which I think is called the Information Technology Centre um, and this is actually something that was created by the University of Sheffield originally and this was the vision of a couple of people at the University of Sheffield to really build on Sheffield's manufacturing heritage and build on the expertise in the university in advanced manufacturing. Um, you can get much better information about this off their website because I'm just frantically trying to recall what people have told me on the left hand side of the parkway as you're driving up um, so opposite where the wind turbine is on what used to be the Sheffield airport there is now an extension of the advanced manufacturing park which is called something different like the advanced manufacturing campus or yeah it's still called Sheffield business park I think yeah. but it's changing to advanced manufacturing campus or something factory 2050s there yeah so so the the coolest place there as far as digital people can is concerned is factory 2050 which is the big round glass sort of greenhouse looking building and in the whole idea of factory 2050 is that it's a demonstrator and a completely reconfigurable factory i managed to say reconfigurable excellent um and they've got loads of really cool tech that they're playing with there. They've got robots and they've got um, all kinds of VR and AR equipment. They, I actually got to play with a HoloLens, um, which I loved because it's like VR only. It doesn't make me feel sick. Um, they've got uh, loads of tech around uh, using visualisation technologies to help people in construction. They've got lots of research going on around uh, people working alongside robots in manufacturing um, and all of it is digital all of the engineers working up there are first and foremost software engineers and they're doing some really amazing stuff so that's what that is coming back to the partnership um, eventually I got to go up and meet a guy called Rab Scott who's now head of digital at uh, the AMRC and Factory 2050 and he said he wanted to find a way to build closer links between the work that was going on at Factory 2050 and manufacturing and advanced manufacturing in the region and the digital capability in the city because advanced manufacturing is digital, 
but there just didn't seem to be any links between the two. And he saw Sheffield Digital as being the best way to do that because we represent the digital community and lots of the digital community are using our communication channels. So a regional partnership was the obvious way to go because, again, they're another regional organisation trying to do good things locally and we wanted to be able to collaborate with them. The sorts of things that we're going to be doing, this is going to be very... Well, I think this is going to be really cool... We're going to create opportunities for people who are working in digital in and around Sheffield to go up to Factory 2050 to actually meet the engineers working there and see what they're working on and talk about where the crossover might be in terms of what they're doing up there and what software people are doing here in the city to explore what kind of ideas and collaborations could come out of that, to learn out of each other, maybe to set up an advanced manufacturing or manufacturing meets digital meetup and get those meeting regularly, and then to start bringing in manufacturers from the region as well to talk about the problems that they've got in their businesses, the challenges they face, the things they're trying to make happen, and to get input from the digital people in the city about how they could help. So this partnership is going to be a way to bridge the gap that exists between advanced manufacturing community and the digital community and to bring everyone together to learn and hopefully to grow and develop ideas that can be new businesses and new products. Um, If you're interested in finding out more about that and if you'd like to go up to Factory 2050 for a tour, please get in touch with me because I'm about to start organising some of those to take place in early September. Okay, and how would they get in touch with you? Mel at sheffield.digital. I guess they could also email info at sheffield.digital. at or mm-hmm. catch me, DM me on Slack or tweet me or all those other clever newfangled things. Yeah, but probably go for the first one. If you go, <laughs> go for the info, it'll just come to me and then I will just click forward to Mel. Yeah, but, or come uh, to a geek breakfast maybe in September. So there are a couple of digital action plans out at the moment um, that we want to mention. Um, yeah, in progress. I in progress. Out. Yeah. Of course, yes. That's the opposite of <laughs> what, what's actually happening, isn't it? <laughs> um, yeah, so what, what, what are they and um, why do we need to know about them? So there's, there's two things people need to have clear in their heads first, is mm. that there's the Sheffield City Region Local Enterprise Partnership, and then there's Sheffield City Council slash Creative Sheffield. The Sheffield City Region Local Enterprise Partnership, we'll call it the LEP, and Sheffield City Council slash Creative Sheffield, we'll call the Council. Okay, so the Council is just for the city, and the LEP is for the whole city region. The Council, we all know what they are. They're, you know, they have an elected... um, set of councillors and a leader and then they have a chief executive and all people who work as public servants Mm -hmm. in the council the lep is far woollier i'm not going to try and explain it it will take too long and i'll just get everybody confused but as long as people understand that the lep is about the region as a whole and also the lep doesn't have its funding at the moment because of all the stuff around devolution and do we have a mayor and all that kind of thing, which, again, I'm not going to go into in detail. But the good news is that both organisations, in their realisation that digital has something important to offer to the local economy, have decided that they need to have a plan around digital And those plans go broader than just how do we grow more digital businesses, but also look at how do we exploit digital for everybody's benefits. So it covers everything from digital inclusion and what do we do about people who are digitally excluded, digital citizenship, uh, digital learning and digital skills, and then digital businesses. And that's everything from start up through scale up through to inward investment. Um, both the LEP and the Council are doing work at the moment around creating action plans. Um, the LEP uh, put a tender out at the November. end of last year yeah, yeah, October. Um, for their p- 
plan, which they awarded to a consultancy from outside the city. Um, and several of many of you, several, some of you have probably met with that consultancy um, and, or taken part in their research. So that's being done in quite a formal way, you know, with a big research project and a SWOT analysis. And uh, they're now in the process of trying to articulate a plan. Sheffield City Council are taking... Well, just uh, just yeah, finish that up. That, that's due at the end of this month, isn't it? It's supposed to be... It'll probably be sometime in well, September, it, I think. It was, it, was it, supposed, was, it was supposed to be due in June July. and then yeah. July. Yeah. Um, I met one of the guys from the um, research consultancy last week. And from what he was saying, it was sounding to me more like it would be in the autumn. Really? Okay. Okay. That's how these things go. Yeah. Slippage. Yeah. Um, Chris, do you want to talk a bit more about what Sheffield Council are doing? Yeah, insofar as we can. I mean, this, this, there's been a lot of really interesting conversations um, going on for the last um, two months, especially, um, around what um, a digital action plan for Sheffield would look like. Um, so, so partly, I think it's in light of the, um, you know, the holdups around devolution and and the things that have been happening at regional level, um, that uh, people at the council and Creative Sheffield have kind of said, well, you know, maybe we need to concentrate on, you know, what we can control or we have some influence over mainly the, you know, Sheffield as a city. What, what, how do we build Sheffield and what would a Sheffield digital action plan look like? Um, how inclusive would it be? What kind of things would it cover? Who would be involved in it? Um, should it be just about e- economics or should it be about, um, you know, broader things, uh, infrastructure, um, skills, inclusion, um, you know, the digitization of other parts of the economy, not just the digital economy, uh, and all, all, all these kind of things. And so, so gradually, in conjunction um, with the guys at Creative Sheffield and Mark Gannon um, and the deputy leader, Olivia Blake, at, at the council, um, there's a plan emerging, there's a digital coalition emerging um, of... Um, areas of importance where you know importance to, the, to to us to the digital economy, but areas where um, digital technology is really having a big impact on how the city operates and how citizens experience um, the city and and um, life and society in general. Um, and so, out out of that is coming kind of um, yeah a coalition. Um, and a process whereby people can become part of coalitions that are uh, have a particular interest in these areas and have a common way of communicating um, kind of um, amongst themselves but also publicly about what things are going on in these areas, what initiatives there are, what things are being proposed. Um, so in, in some ways it's an extension of work that I did for the, for the council um, about three years ago when I, I um, did a draft um, smart, smart city strategy um, and, and looked at areas that, in which digital technology was impacting the city. And, and part of it has come out of um, conversations that have been happening a- around this and around what a Sheffield digital action plan would look like from um, Creative Sheffield that we've been involved in um, so it, it personally, I think it's looking really promising. I think there's a there's a there's a new desire to to um, be much bolder about what what a strategy should be, um, and you know I, um, I I I I I talk to other cities um, as well uh, around their kind of smart strategies, and I I see quite a lot of what other cities are doing, and um, I think what Sheffield is is doing and talking about um really could potentially you could you know would really put it kind of at the the top rank of cities that have got their act together around this stuff um if if we can make it work um and and i i guess all of this stuff is going to be published and made public over the next month or two um it's kind of you know it's basically on the runway and fueled up Um, um there's there's still lots of conversations to be had and and we need to figure out how we're going to introduce it but the, the, there is a plan and 
and we're involved in it and we want to involve the community and, and businesses in Sheffield in it and the educators and, and, and all the other stakeholders as well. So, um, you know, there's a role that everyone can play um, and I'm sure we're going to be talking about it repeatedly over coming episodes. Next, we have a list of events that um, you need to know about. This is, this is stuff that's um, coming up. But um, before we get onto that, let's talk about something that's not happening. Uh, Geek Brecky is on hiatus um, throughout August. So yeah. Geek Brecky is the uh, uh, event. Is that right? Well, I suppose it depends what you mean by on hiatus. Yeah, um, Chris, Chris is basically well, on holiday for all of August. Um, we're very honoured that he's actually here in Sheffield today to make this podcast. <laughs> it's a rare, rare appearance. Um, and uh, Chris is, is usually the most regular attender at Geek Brecky. Everybody knows that I'm a very sporadic attender and it's unlikely that I'm going to get down on a Friday in August. But I do. That doesn't mean Geek Brecky isn't happening because Geek Brecky is just whatever geeks want to show up and have Brecky at Tampa on a Friday morning from nine till about ten thirty. Grab the long table. The wait staff in there all know us now and are starting to recognise familiar faces. And I was in there the other day and was asked, "Where were you guys on Friday? You weren't here. Are you still coming?" <laughs> So please oh, don't nice. don't let the people at Tampa down. Please show up for Geek Brecky, even if Chris and I can't make it during August. Yeah. So, so Chris is on hiatus. Chris, yeah, Chris is very much on hiatus. Well, if, if people people you know come quite often just to talk to us and find out what's going on and and or run something past us, Sheffield Digital and Sheffield Digital are not going to be there. No. If you want to run stuff, stuff past me, lunchtime is much better. <laughs> Okay, next is uh, Wuthering Bites in Hebden Bridge from the 1st to the 10th of September. Do we have any more information about that? Uh, well, there's, there's a big Wuthering Bites. Um, it's quite a long way away. I mean, I, I mention it because it's kind of an, an a, a, a interesting northern tech festival. It's supposed to be very cool. I've yeah. never been. If anyone's been, do tell us what it's like. To, to Hebden Bridge? No, to, no, to the, the Wuthering festival. Bites. Everyone's been to Hebden Bridge. Fine. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I, I'm going to be up there on Monday the 4th possibly the Sunday as well um, because they're doing a bunch of stuff around um, LoRaWAN um, you know, long range um, wireless technology um, and it's like, there's going to be like a gathering of Northern Things Networks for people that know what that is on the Monday um, so yeah but there's loads of other stuff going on as well so check it out there's a new Code Club meetup at the workstation later this month. That's the uh, 29th of August. Yeah, that's an interesting one as well because it's the first, I think, it, is it the first time there's been a, a it's like a meta code club. Mm-hmm. So it's a, it's a meetup for people who run or want to run or volunteer at code clubs, um, which I don't think, I've never seen happen before. No, and it's not, a really good idea. Yet. Yeah, it's a brilliant idea. Yeah. Um, Faye Fagan uh, is setting up a new sketch meetup. Um, so... That's uh, something to look out for, and there's also a new sketch uh, channel on the on the community Slack. Uh, so if you are a um, designer or front-end person who uh, is interested in sketch, then check out those two things. Um, Smart Sheffield Meetup? Yeah, so um, I'm running the next... Uh, I, I run the Smart Sheffield Meetups uh, in conjunction with Arup at, uh, in their offices and the next one's going to be on Monday the 11th of September um, and it is, they've, been, they've been really good it's a really yeah there's a, we're kind of limited to 40 places but we've, we've sold it out not that it's free but we've, uh, we've um, had a complete take up for the last two that we've run so. and a meeting of the Things Network beforehand? yeah so Sheffield Things Network which is um, building a com- community owned um, LoRaWAN IoT network in Sheffield, uh, we're meeting at five o'clock before the main Smart Sheffield event. Keisha Bradley won the Sheffield Soup crowdfunding. Yay, Keisha! Woo! Yeah, she did. And um, she's working on a VR lab for kids at the Google Garage. Any more info on that? I was talking to her about it today briefly. Um, I, I, don't know, she, I don't think we've got a date yet. She needs to she needs to get the date sorted with um, the VR company that's involved. Um, but it looks like it's going to run from was it six thirty to eight o'clock in two sessions, two forty-five minute sessions for kind of seven to fifteen-year-olds. I think she said, which sounds awesome. So kids get to basically, you know, design their own VR virtual worlds and try them out. 
It'd be great to get her on here on the. Podcast. It would, yeah. definitely. Yeah. yeah, and congratulations, Kisha, to the Soup Award. It was the biggest ever as well. It was like eight hundred and something quid. So, um, we've got a digital policy conflab coming up. We have. Um, so. This will be similar to the one that we did back in March, um, but uh, basically about the digital coalition stuff that I, I talked about earlier. Um, and the date that I think is locked in now is um, Thursday, the 21st of September uh, at the Creative Lounge in the workstation. Um, but there'll be more information coming out about that when I get back from my next holiday. Um, and... Uh and then we have uh, another meta meetup. So um, we did um, the first meta meetup in at the beginning of July. Yeah, so sounds about right, right, doesn't it? Yeah, mm-hmm. um, and that was at the uh, Google uh, Garage. Google Garage, mm-hmm. and uh, and we're going to do it again. We'd like to do it again. I, I spoke to Google, and they want to do it again. Okay. Um, so yeah, again, that I, that needs to get organised. Um, they they're out of there at the end of october aren't they so they yeah we kind of talked about um getting it in a week or two before they actually leave um unless we can figure out some way of having them stay now now, now they've got a bus and they're going around all the neighborhoods with their offer which is, yeah. is just awesome there's a story behind that as well which is quite funny the bus the bus tell us the story about the bus chris well i don't know the full details of the story about the bus but um as i understand it rob walker from the council uh, who we know very well um, and is a great advocate for digital skills, just a constant advocate for digital skills. Um, he went to a session where Google brought all of their marketers um, to, the, to the garage and they were talking about you know, the best ways of, of attracting people into the garage to, um, to teach them the, you know, the, the stuff that Google do. Um, and, and Rob, being Rob basically said, well, you're not going to be talking to the right people here. You know, if you want to be inclusive and you, and you want to, you know, you want people from all, da- all backgrounds to engage with what you're doing, there's no point hang- sitting around here twiddling your thumbs waiting for people to come through the door. You need to go out to the neighbourhoods. So uh, I, he's, either he sent them or they said, OK, how do we do that? Um, but anyway, they all went out to, you know, all the neighbourhoods and, you know, Crystal Peaks and, you know, in little groups of, of you know, imagine like web marketeers going off to Burn Grieve and, you know, the Manor and, you know, all these places, um, it, all the neighbourhoods around around Sheffield and just talking to people in the street about, you know, digital and, and stuff and, um, and we should have Rob on as well. He could probably tell the story much more accurately than I can. Um, but apparently they all came back totally enthused, saying we must get out there. It's absolutely brilliant. It was amazing meeting all these people. You know, the, the level of understanding and stuff is great. There was loads we could do. Um, and they were really excited about it. And they were, so they said, well, how do, we, how, do we, you know, how do we get these people involved? And Rob said, get a bus. Um, and he's been talking for quite a while about getting a digital skills bus um, and going out. It's, it's featured in some kind of funding things that we've worked on over the years. Um, so he told them that's what they should do, and they've gone ahead and done it. So they've they've built themselves a bus, and their their um, social media and marketing tutors from the Google Garage are are out. Uh, they've got a schedule of places they're going to be over the next few months um and they're they're doing google garage stuff out in the neighborhoods in the bus which is awesome feels like if you get your own bus you're fairly rooted in the places it would be silly to move on now if you've got your own, <laughs> you know um yeah. okay that's so any more events that you can think of that aren't on this list that we uh, need to mention or is it just a case of going to the um, events page on the website yeah there's i mean there's there's meetups going on um as usual mm-hmm. um and that's the events page is the best place to check them out or the events channel in slack so before we finish we'd like to just give a um, a few big ups some high fives to um our latest uh, members um i'm just going to list them we have uh, three new company members it was hard because this is the first one it's hard to know yeah where's the cutoff <laughs> yeah where, where do i start so i've gone for kind of the last week or so um uh, tickets for good tonic studio and rottweiler productions limited Three new company members. Thank you to those guys. And then we have uh, Quick Mass. We have seven new um, individual members. We have have uh, Kathy Loizu. I hope I pronounced that correctly. Uh, Michael Burrows, Joe Chaco, John Cooper, Chris Walker, Rory Gibson, and Tom Blake. 
So a big thank you to those guys too for um, signing up to become members. Um, uh, we talked about memberships earlier on, so I don't think we need to really cover that again, apart from you know encouraging people to uh, sign up, take a look. Yeah. Um, like, comment and subscribe. Indeed, indeed. <laughs> and how might one do that? Yeah. I happen to have that information. So I, I mentioned this earlier, but it's worth doing again. Um, obviously, this is our first episode. It'd be great if you uh, listen to future episodes too. Uh, the best way to do that uh, is obviously to subscribe. You can do that um, in iTunes. Just kind of search for Sheffield Digital. Or you can use um, an app. Um, obviously, there's Apple's podcast app if you've got um, uh, an iPhone, but I recommend personally Overcast. It's a good iOS app. I love Overcast. Yeah, okay, that's the yeah. second. Well, there we go. Um, and uh, Got to hit them up for a membership now. <laughs> and um, I, the th- six degrees of separation thing, I potentially could actually speak to the person who uh, makes Overcast. Um, and uh, Pocket Casts for Android apparently is very good. Um, but if you want to find out more about this podcast in general, then you can do so at sheffield.digital slash podcast, where all of this information will be there. I'll also do some show notes. So um, we've mentioned lots of things that we can link to. So I will collect all of those things together and put them in uh, to the blog post where you will also be able to listen to this episode. And you may be listening to this episode right now in such a place. This is get, starting to get a bit, bit weird, so um, let's call it quits there. Yeah, Can well, I do one last plug? Of course. If you have a story that you yeah. think should be featured on the Sheffield Digital website or you'd like to come and talk on this podcast then please let us know. The more content, the better. It'll keep Ian busy. So info at sheffield.digital to get in touch. And feedback on, on the podcast too. So this is very much a, a kind of a, a, a what, should we, what should we call it? Not quite a draft, but it's uh, certainly a first, a first attempt. An <laughs> alpha indeed. Be nice. Yeah. Um, but So any feedback? We'll probably, we might do, I mean, we see how the Facebook live feed went as well. Anyone who was watching on Facebook um, and do something better next time possibly that's true yeah well we could live stream couldn't we we could do lots of different things like live stream the audio but let's not um, get carried away just yet <laughs> so yeah all feedback is uh, is very welcome and that's it cool thanks, thanks for listening cheers in bye everyone bye <laughs>